I was 17 years of age when I preached my first sermon. I was in high school there in Clearwater, Florida, and my father was the pastor of the church, as most of you know, and so it was youth night. Uh, the youth led in the service and the music and took up the offering and made the announcements and prayed, and they asked me to bring the message. And so uh, I was, of course, scared spitless. I didn't know what I was doing. Had never been trained or schooled to, to preach. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be schooled to preach the Bible. Uh, I'm all for schooling. But, but I was trying to figure it out. And so I was home in my bedroom and I had a blank sheet of paper in my Bible. And I said, Dad, what do I do? He said, I'm going to give you one piece of advice. He said, just brag on Jesus. Yeah, it's been a great joy in this series to brag on Jesus, to talk about the names of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's hard to mess that up. And today we're going to look at a very unique name. It's very unique of the Lord Jesus. So I want you to open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. I want to begin reading in verse 6. These familiar words, for those who are guests, I'm preaching a series on these four names that are listed in Isaiah as he's giving hope to a nation that is in exile. And he says that you're in darkness, but there's going to be a time when light will come. And he explains that it is the Messiah. He says, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, the dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Now I think as we look at these names, it's easy for us to identify Jesus as our wonderful counselor, as we looked in the scriptures, he said to his disciples that he's going to leave, but a, a comforter or a counselor was going to come. And in essence, he would be in him. The Holy Spirit, uh, the Spirit of Christ will be in them. He will always be with them. Now, we can, we can somewhat understand that, accept that. But then last week, we looked at the title that Jesus is Mighty God. And we think of God being mighty God, but here Isaiah the prophet says that Jesus is the mighty God. But stranger still, he says that Jesus is our eternal or everlasting Father. Now that's a little bit more challenging to get our, our minds around that, right? That how can he be called our Father when we know God as our Father? Well, we're going to see in the text today how Jesus is our eternal or everlasting Father. And the word everlasting is the word that I'm going to use today. That's the one I think we're most familiar with, with this particular name of Christ. So a few points that I'm going to mention today, and we're going to move uh, quickly. Number one, Jesus has a permanent relationship with us. When you think about this name, everlasting Father... The first thing that we notice is that Jesus has a permanent relationship with us. The word everlasting means perpetual, eternal, forever, or without end. In the prayer of Moses in Psalm 90, 
He writes, before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Now we're going to learn today that Jesus' relationship with us is eternal. It's everlasting as well. The Messiah came to earth to establish an eternal, permanent relationship with us. Do you ever get cynical about hearing the word everlasting or eternal? Something will last forever? Well, yeah, right. What's going to last forever? Well, they did a survey online and uh, asked the question, what will last forever or what does last forever? And the top three responses are these. Number one, lines at the DMV. Do we agree that they last forever? All right. Secondly was Sesame Street. And the third, I love this one, is glitter. Once you deal with it, it never goes away, right? It's always there. It lasts forever. And we think of it in those terms. Well, as forever as those things seem to be, they don't last forever. They have a shelf life. And nothing here lasts forever. Nothing. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, For this world in its present form is passing away. Now it's going to have another form one day. A new heaven and a new earth. But in its present form, present form right now, it is passing away. Even the biggest things that we are able to experience and see on the planet is going to pass away. It will come to an end. Let me give you one example. And let's look at the sun for just a moment. Let me give you some statistics about the sun to help you understand how large that is. The sun would fit one million earths inside of it. So... Tomorrow morning, or maybe this afternoon, if the sun is out, uh, away from the clouds, just take a look up there and think one million of these little balls here are going to go inside of that sun. It's amazing. It can produce temperatures up to 2 million degrees. The most powerful bomb ever detonated on earth was a 50 megaton, megaton nuclear bomb. The sun produces the power of 1 trillion megaton bombs every second which is said to be enough power to sustain earth energy for 500,000 years per second that's a lot of power but you know what the bible says that even the sun is going to come to an end the second law of thermodynamics if you've studied that before you'll understand that it is going to come to an end Energy is being released, and one day it's going to be over. So everything. So that's why, no wonder why when we hear the word everlasting, we think about it, we get skeptical about the word. And that's why eternity really is a challenging idea to get our minds around. To think that I'm going to live forever and ever and ever and ever. I, I love uh, the illustration of taking a, a piece of paper and drawing a line, put a dot on one end and draw a line, and then you have a dot over here, and about an eighth of an inch over, make another dot, and that's how long you've lived. But there's no dot on the other end of the line, you see. It goes on forever. So what we do here really matters. I, uh, I've quoted this before. What we Believe here on earth determines where we will spend eternity. But what we do on earth determines the quality of that experience. It can either be really good or it can be really bad. 
And the Bible makes it very clear of how we're able to experience heaven. So that's why it's a challenge. But Jesus, our everlasting Father, and his relationship to us is permanent. It's everlasting. Now, how is that? Well, first of all, his love toward us is everlasting. Jesus will never stop loving us. He can never love us any more or any less than he already loves us right now. Isaiah writes, I will have compassion on you with everlasting love, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Jeremiah writes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. So he doesn't come and go with his love. He doesn't give it and take it away, give it and take it away. That once you have his love in your heart, it is always there. It is everlasting. Notice, secondly, his covenant with us is everlasting. Ezekiel writes this, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be Israel. It will be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish and multiply them and set my sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Now he's writing to Israel in the context of Ezekiel, but really it's a messianic promise that is coming to all of us who are in Christ. The writer of Hebrews says this, Now may the God of peace, Ezekiel says it's a covenant of peace. Now he says, The God of peace who brought up who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, with the blood of his everlasting covenant, equip you with all that is good to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So his covenant, not just his love, but his covenant is everlasting. And then third, his salvation with us is everlasting. Jesus came to establish a permanent relationship with us. That relationship can only be established once we have been delivered from sin. Jesus said in John 6, 47, I'll always share this with a person who I've led to Christ. He who believes, Jesus said, has eternal life. Now that doesn't just mean with your heart, I mean your mind. It means with your heart, with your life, that you're fully committed to following him. And that person doesn't have to doubt, doesn't have to wonder, doesn't have to hope so. He knows that he has eternal life. So if you've entered into that relationship with him by trusting in Christ and giving your life to him, you can be assured that your salvation will never end. Our Messiah, our everlasting Father, has a permanent relationship with us. Notice, secondly, Jesus has a paternal relationship with us. Isaiah says this child that is going to be born to us and for us will be called an everlasting what? Father. Now, why does Isaiah refer to the Messiah as Father? That's, that seems confusing to call Jesus Christ as Father because we know that we uh, know God as our Father. Well, up to this point in the Scriptures, God is the only one that has been referred to as Father. The psalmist says in Psalm 89, He will call on me, or call to me, You are my Father, my God, the rock of my salvation. Isaiah writes, Yet you are our Father, even though Abraham does not know us and Israel doesn't recognize us, you, Lord, are our Father. From ancient times, your name is our Redeemer. And yet Jesus himself claims to be like the Father to us. In John 10, the Bible says, Jesus said, the Father and I are one. He said in John 14, the one who has seen me has seen the Father. So Jesus Christ is like the Father to us. He does the things 
that a father would do. So what does a father do? And what does, more importantly, our eternal father do for us? Well, number one, our father gives life. On a human level, we are created by a physical father and a physical mother. On a higher level, we are created by our spiritual father. Genesis 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. Then in John 1, he writes, All things were created through him, that is Christ, as we've studied before, and apart from him not one thing that was created that has been created. So Jesus gives us physical life through physical parents. We're created by him through physical parents. But he also gives us spiritual life. John 5, Jesus said, I assure you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He repeats that again. And will not come under judgment, but is passed from death to life. To Nicodemus, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son or begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have what? Everlasting life. Life, everlasting life. So our everlasting Father, Jesus Christ, gives us everlasting life. Notice also, what does the Father do? He gives advice. Luke 21, verse 15, Jesus said, For I will give you such words and a wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. I love that verse. If you have the truth... Nobody can argue with it. They may not like it and may not accept it, but they can't defend a lie. We can defend the truth. That's the difference. Paul said in Ephesians, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. What do we need to know? We need to know Christ. We need to know His wisdom, His power, His knowledge. How many times over the years have we asked our fathers for advice. I've done that many times. I did it this week. I had an issue and I called my dad and I said, Dad, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? Mark Twain said that when he was a boy at 14 years of age, he thought his father was an idiot and he, he couldn't stand to be around him. He said, but when I turned 21, I was astonished at how much he had learned in seven years. <laughs> we all have felt that way at times, haven't we? Well, you can always go to your heavenly father. Jesus Christ, who loves giving advice and wisdom. And here's why. Because he knows what is best for you. You see, your heavenly Father created you. And he knows you better than you know yourself. Do you really trust yourself to possess all wisdom and knowledge? Why not today trust the one who really does know you and knows what's best for your life? Now, the world can't, can't, can't d deny this. They may not like it. Again, they may say no, but, but that's the truth. And that's why we go to our Heavenly Father, because He knows what we need. Notice also, what else does the Father do? Our Father protects us. A Father protects His children. And Jesus does the same thing. In John 17, verse 11, Jesus, in this high priestly prayer, it's a beautiful prayer. The disciples are listening to Jesus pray. Holy Father, protect them, his disciples, by your name. That word name means power or authority. That you have given me, 
so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I was protecting them by your name that you have given me. Paul said in 2 Thessalonians, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and guard you from the evil one. He will guard you. Here's the good news. Jesus will never let his guard down. You know, I do, I do the best that I, I can do and I knew to do when my children were in my home under my responsibility. And as much as I tried to protect them, there were times that I would let my guard down. And when they're away, I'm not there personally to protect them. But Jesus will never, ever let his guard down. He is always with you, and he will protect you from the evil one. He's always there for you to run to, to keep you safe, to protect you from the evil one. He will never allow you to slip away from him. John writes, Jesus record, or John records the words of Jesus, My sheep hear my voice, I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life. Here it is. And they will never perish ever. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Our everlasting Father, Jesus Christ, will protect us. <clears throat> Notice also, our Father loves us. John 15, 9, Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. In John 17, again in this high priestly prayer, Jesus says these words, Father, I desire those you have given me to be with me where I am. He's talking about going to heaven. Then they will see my glory, which you have given me because you love me. Notice, before the world's foundation. You love me before the world's foundation. Righteous Father, the world has not known you. However, I have known you. And these have known that you sent me. I made your name known to them. And will make it known so the love you have loved me with may be in them and I may be in them. Now what is he saying here? For those who have been with us on Sunday nights at the Bible Initiative, we've learned this. What was Jesus doing before creation? We know that Jesus is the creative agent of creation. So what was going on with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit before anything ever was? Were they just hanging out, floating around? What, what was going on? Well, here he says that before the foundation of the world, you, my Father, were loving me. You see, if we think of Jesus as our creator only, well, we see him as a ruler, one of authority and one of power. And so our relationship is based on obeying him. But if we stop and look beyond creation, before anything ever was, and we see what was going on between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see a triune of love. A Father loving His Son, a Son loving His Father, and the Spirit loving with them. And so what, is, what, is, what happens? Because of the love the Father had with His Son, He wanted that love to come to us. And so He created us. And He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, so that we could experience the love of the Father. And that's why Jesus is called our everlasting Father. Because he brought the love of the Father to us. And we're able to love him in return. That's why you're here. It's not just to know God, but to love him in return. And he will love you with an everlasting love. It will never, ever end.
So that's what was going on. It was all centered around love. So when, when, when you think of, of who God is and who Jesus is and the Holy Spirit, what you really need to see first and foremost is that they were in a relationship of love toward each other and wanted that love to come to each of us. The Father loved the Son. He loves you and will love us with an everlasting love. Now the third point is this. Jesus provides a powerful relationship with you. A powerful relationship with you. Jesus came to earth to be our Messiah, our everlasting Father. He's not only everlasting, He's also a true Father to us. Some of you may have lost your earthly father. Not one of us has had a perfect father. But all of us can have an everlasting perfect father in Jesus Christ. He's our father who will always be there for advice, for protection, and for love. That is powerful. Businesses and governments don't last. Relationships don't last. No matter how much you love your parents, they don't last. No matter how much you love your spouse, they're not going to last. All of that will come to an end. But Jesus is different. When you have him, that will never change. He'll always love you. He'll never leave you. He will always be your provider, your protector, and your savior. Maybe somebody else provided for you. They're no longer there. Somebody protected you. They're no longer there. Maybe somebody else acted as your Savior. They're no longer there. But Jesus will be all of that to you and so much more. He'll always be your refuge and your strength. His love for you will never cease in this life or the life to come. In Him and Him alone, you can have everlasting hope, everlasting peace, and everlasting life. Christ will always be your everlasting Father. David says this, But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear Him, and His righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep His covenant and remember to obey His precepts. Now I want to close the message today with a very interesting illustration from the Scripture. Solomon writes these words in Psalm 72, 17. His name endures forever. That's the way he says that we have an everlasting father. His name will endure forever. Now I want you to look at the cross for just a moment in your mind. Jesus is there on the cross. And on each side of Jesus there are thieves. Now while they're there, the longer the day progresses... The vultures are swarming, swirling uh, above them. And the demons are swirling below them. They are anticipating a great victory. And written on the hearts of those two thieves are the words, a condemned sinner. There's no hope. It's over. Except one of the thieves turns and looks to Jesus. And Jesus looks to him, and there is power in the eyes of Jesus. And in that moment, that thief says, Jesus. As he's dying and coming to his last breath, Jesus, remember me. 
And let me tell you, in that split second, there was power in that name, Jesus. Something happened. No longer written on his heart are the words, a condemned sinner. But all of a sudden, the words written are a forgiven sinner. A saved sinner. A justified sinner. Something is forever different for him. His name is now written in the book of life. In just a few moments, he's going to die. And he's walking the streets of heaven today and experiencing all the glory of heaven. There's power in the name of Jesus. And that name endures forever. For there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in this day. Oh, may I there, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Dear dying lamb, that precious blood shall never lose its power till all the ransomed church of God be saved to sin no more. His name will endure forever our everlasting Father, Jesus Christ. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? Isn't it wonderful to hear the name Jesus and to know that He can be your everlasting Father, that He'll be the perfect Father He'll be the protecting father. He'll be the father that possesses all the wisdom that you will ever need. And most of all, you'll have a loving father. And that can happen today by you like that thief turning your heart to Christ. Not just looking at him from a distance. No doubt he knew that Jesus was there unjustly. They admitted that. You see, it's more than looking at Jesus. It's more than knowing about him. It's about a heart that cries out, Jesus. Jesus. And if you're willing to turn from your sin and turn to Christ alone for your salvation, he will become your everlasting father. So in just a moment when we sing this next song, I'm going to invite you to come to one of our pastors who will help you as you give your heart to Christ and experience the love of the Father. There might be many in this room, you're struggling, something's going on. And just remember that if Christ is coming to your heart, he's still with you. He knows what's going on. And he wants to help you and he wants to love you through it. And remember that he's there with you right now. And thank him for that as you ask him to help you. There might be some today that God is leading you to become part of our church family. We here have experienced the love of the Father and we do our very best to love one another. And I think we do a pretty good job of that. Of loving each other and helping each other. 
and focusing our mission on this message of helping others know that there's an everlasting Father that they can know through Jesus Christ. We would love for you to be a part of what God is doing here and through here for His glory. So you come today. There might be others that maybe you have a burden on your heart and you need to come and just pray here at the altar alone. Or maybe you want someone to pray for you. You let us know and we'll do that. Father, I thank you for the power that is in the name of Jesus and that it is an everlasting name. The power doesn't wane like the things of this earth. That energy doesn't dissipate, but it stays with us. And all the power that is given to us, it never leaves because you never leave. You are power. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll help these who need to make commitments now, that they'll take that step of faith and step of obedience. Give them the power now to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.